0: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com slash audio. Visit iXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could
1: conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. Hi, everybody. I'm Andy Baskin. He is Daryl Ryder. Um, We love having you on board, I'll tell you that, and we love talking Browns football with you, and we've got a number of topics that we're going to get to today, and of course, you know most of them will revolve around the quarterback position because that's pretty much all we've been talking about since the offseason uh, came into play and here's where we are so in a little bit we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield but we'll start off with the events uh, surrounding Deshaun Watson and Daryl the the tide has turned and we are in a hearing now and the hearing is in Delaware so hopefully while this is you have your first chance to listen to us on this that um, the hearing is still going on although it could wrap up by the end of the week. Darrell, where are we with the hearing and and what exactly is going on with the situation?
1: Well, it's not a surprise. This is a multi-day hearing in front of uh, Sue Robinson, who uh, is uh, the former federal district judge who is hearing this, I guess we put in quotation marks, case that is being made both uh, not only by the National Football League, uh, but uh, Deshaun Watson, as well as the NFLPA who are representing uh, or co-representing, I should say, and speaking on uh, Watson's behalf. Both sides are making their cases to Robinson as far as uh, the discipline, which means the final report, the finding of facts from the investigation that the league did into these allegations that were levied in civil court down in Texas against Deshaun. Of course, as we know, 24 girls, women, I should say, uh, filed uh, civil lawsuits alleging sexual misconduct. The league looked into those. Since then, Watson has settled 20 of those cases for or set to actually go to court. The league kind of narrowed the focus of um, of their presentation, if you will, to uh, around five of these accusers and what they had to say. Uh, They made it known that their position is that they feel that Deshaun Watson, in fact, did violate the league conduct policy. They wanted an indefinite suspension with at least one year minimum of uh, a ban for him. Meanwhile, uh, Watson's camp, in conjunction with the NFLPA, is trying to make the case to the independent arbiter that, A, Deshaun Watson uh, did not violate. Uh, the conduct policy uh, and that the suspension that the league is seeking is unprecedented, uh, uncalled for, heavy-handed, however you want to describe that, and, uh, again, making their case as to why Deshaun Watson should be allowed to play football in
3: 2022. Darrell, why is there so much noise out there right now? I mean, we hear six to eight weeks. We hear that the league wants, you know, indefinite, without pay, well, why, why do you think there's so much noise out there right now? Is this just people looking for clicks, or or what's the situation?
1: No, I mean, look, there's posturing on both sides going on. And look, the NFL, uh, on their side, I think that they really wanted it known what they were looking for uh, as far as discipline against Deshaun Watson. And to really show how serious they uh, took these allegations Clearly, they have found something that has bothered them to the point that they would seek this type of discipline against a player Um, and also to show, I guess, the public, hey, that not only do we take these seriously, but we want to punish accordingly uh, in this. And then on the flip side, um, uh, Watson's camp, Clearly wants it out there. Hey, look, he hasn't been charged with the crime. These are allegations, first and foremost. They've not even been adjudicated in civil court. Watson did set settle, uh, 20 of those cases. So if the league wants to argue bad press, the Watson's camp can say, Hey, well, we we're, we did what we could to settle this thing down by settling some of these suits and getting these things, uh, out of the headlines. The, and we've talked about this, Andy. I think that the chief concern for the national football league is the consistent and constant slow drip of news regarding Deshaun Watson, as far as, fresh allegations or fresh lawsuits um and then of course when these uh do go to trial next year next spring around march right because the, the the two sides agreed that there would be no uh lawsuits heard uh during football season that uh you know something comes up in court right that uh has not come up Uh, and been put on paper in these court filings. So I look, I think that there's some concern from the NFL that although Deshaun Watson has settled 20 of these 24 cases, then Hey, that that more stuff potentially could come out. So the NFL is kind of covering their backside here too, because if they had, they settled right. Had they settled with him on, let's just for the sake of the discussion here on six to 10 games in that range and more, lawsuits were filed or more allegations became public. Then the league all of a sudden looks soft in their eyes, right? Because we didn't do enough or fans who have been, because let's be honest about fans are divided. There's uh, one, one half of uh, fans that are just completely appalled and disgusted by what Deshaun Watson is accused of. And then there's the other group of fans that are just like, who cares? Let the dude play football. He didn't do anything wrong. Or he didn't do anything uh, illegal. That, that, that illegal that warrants him to be disciplined so severely. So um, it, it's it's a fine line that the NFL is ty- trying to toe here. They clearly want to show that they take the that they take the allegation seriously. They are not happy with what they found within their investigation, and they are ready to dr- they are they would like to drop the hammer accordingly on Deshaun Watson. All uh, right,
3: so. So, Daryl, you said something interesting in the middle of that. You said um, they want to cover their backside. I also think they want to cover their front side on this too because uh, this is really the first huge case we've seen under the new CBA. And this is a new case with someone in the middle who's not Roger Goodell who could have ultimate power on what the suspension is. And the ultimate power, again, I'll say this a thousand times, is on Sue Robinson. The only way the league... Or the NFLPA, at, at, well, it's actually the league in this in this case. That if they wanted to appeal and change the ruling, they can. She, the only power she truly has, if the league doesn't want to listen, is zero games, Correct. and that's that's according to. And we went through that whole CBA thing there. But I think for the league, and you know, Jared, we said this in the last podcast. We said the league needs to ask for the maximum. Because that way they can bargain their way back to the middle Correct. and say, hey, look, we tried for everything. But then the other thing is, is that, you know, we, a lot of people want to go Roethlisberger this, or they want to go, uh, the flight gate, or they want to, they want to bring up things in the past. I think with the new CBA and having someone else who's supposed to be an in, independent arbiter, they, this is all new ground and the past precedent doesn't really it may not have any effect in this. And it's it's unusual because I think, you know, we we want to tend to look at the courts and we want to look at things that have happened in the past and and say, oh, well, past present Well, I don't know that that applies here. So when I say looking at the front side for the NFL, it's not Deshaun Watson so much. It's every case that's going to happen after this. They've given themselves the deniability,
1: right? If Sue Robinson comes back and says no discipline, number one, or comes back with a you know much shorter recommendation again we're speculating let's say six to ten games which by the way i I think is where we are in reality I don't think he's gonna get the full year ban
3: is is that a change though I thought when we had talked last time that we both thought it was heading towards a full year well and that's because
1: there were there was so much coming out right from the league's position of what they were looking for
0: right and
1: what they were gonna be fighting for um but <laughs> Uh, again, I think the league wanted to sh- their show of force, if you will. To your point, that you ask for the maximum, just like prosecutors typically do in in a court of law in criminal cases, they will ask the judge or the jury for the maximum sentence, unless, of course, they did some sort of agreement with between the you know with the defense or the the, the judge or or whatnot.
3: But yeah, and that's uh, like that's like saying. A murderer also got charged for jaywalking along the way because they need as many charges as they possibly can to throw at somebody so they can come back and go, all right, well, you murder the guy, so we'll throw away the jaywalking. Right. <laughs> we'll yeah. throw away the jaywalking ticket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, One um, of those situations. Yeah. So that's all part and parcel
1: to the this process. They never reached a settlement, so it did go straight to the hearing. And you're right. The the power now uh falls to sue robinson to make a determination the other thing the other tentacle to this too is is i wonder from a legal standpoint what impact whatever decision she makes has on the civil cases against watson Hmm. because if there is discipline right i I, i'm not a lawyer so i'm just kind of like talking out loud here but i wonder right if that gives tony busby another round of ammunition
3: Saying, look, his employer did this to him,
1: right? That why would
3: I mean? Obviously, there's been damage here,
1: right? That hey, you know, clearly his own employer found that he was uh, guilty of a violation of some sort, right? Let's to to keep very vague, right? Um, So we we are asking for damages on behalf of uh, our clients, and uh, to support our claims, we're going to use what sue Robinson hands down as kind of uh, ammunition. I just, I'm wondering if that ha- happened, I would imagine it would.
3: Uh, Daryl. let me let me throw this one at you where it could be even more damaging is the fact that they've also, you know, if, if the Houston Texans are involved in this and now they're trying to sue the Houston Texans, they're going to say, Hey, why do you think that you're, I, I, I'm just saying from a defense uh, or yeah, from a, uh, I don't even know the right, from a, philosophical standpoint in the courts, you, you would easily be able to turn around and say, look, you, you know, you're the NFL, you're a part of this thing, and your your group thinks you did something wrong. How could you not be held, you know, responsible for that? So yep. I boy, I, I tell ya, it, you, if you're know, I no one's talking about the Houston Texans in this thing. Right. And that's gonna get super interesting. But I will. I'll talk about it right now. Sure. Because I think that this is part
1: of why the NFL wants to be so heavy-handed with Deshaun Watson in seeking this indefinite suspension. Because his actions, okay, and again, being very clear, I'm not saying he did anything wrong. I'm not saying that the, you know, I'm not taking sides. But his actions and the result of those actions, whatever they were, put one of the 32 teams... At risk from a liability standpoint, because the Houston Texans are being sued um, as a result of what Deshaun Watson is accused of, and they the Texans are being accused of enabling his behavior. What by allegedly giving him a massage therapy table to use, by giving him access to a suite at a local hotel. Uh, A security guard, I believe security guard uh, has been accused, uh, employed by the team has been accused of providing Watson with a boilerplate blanket style non-disclosure agreement to use uh, with uh, female therapists and whatnot. So I think that that's another part of this. Aside from the negative press that this continues to get, Aside from what Deshaun Watson is accused of, and again, we stress these are allegations being made in a civil court of law and not criminal court, but the fact that the Houston Texans are being sued and are it is they are being sought as being liable uh in this litigation, and they are now exposed because of what Watson's accused of, yeah, I I think that that's that's the primary motive at least from my point of view Andy. Right. Why the NFL wants to drop the hammer because one of the 32 entities that they are responsible for, right, the National Football League, it's one of 32 is uh it could potentially be liable uh if a jury or judge in any of these civil cases determine that Watson did it, it did something that uh, uh you know, uh, results in these women being eligible for financial damage and the domino effect there is, is, you know, what did the Houston Texans know? When did they know it? And, uh, you know, did they, uh, you know, uh,
3: turn a blind eye for lack of a better phraseology? Yeah. And what's, I, I, just, I really think that uh, the Texans are in a catch 22 because now if the league thinks that Deshaun, everything did that Deshaun did was uh, against the conduct policy, and if the team helped facilitate that, and they want to throw the book at Deshaun, what does that happen to the team? And right. if you're in a civil court, I mean, you can't tell me a good attorney's not going to be like, "Hey, your own employer." I mean, I know we're kind of going through this again, but right. I, I just I, there's a catch-22 here that I don't know that a lot of people are looking at. The the stiffer the penalty against Deshaun, the more liable. Um, the uh, the Texans could be in the And situation. you know what we have not heard about, Andy? We, we have not heard about a league investigation
1: into the Houston Texans. And I'm sure that that is something that the NFLPA, as well as Rusty Harden, who are representing Watson in these proceedings in front of Sue, Sue Robinson, I guarantee you that's part of their argument, right? Right. You, you investigated. Why is there no investigation into Houston Texans then? Uh, why is there a double standard? You investigated my client, my client, uh, gave the NFL's version of a deposition, right? Um, no legal protections there, uh, you know, privacy, all those type of things. So Watson is required to answer questions truthfully, uh, without it being held against him from a legal standpoint. He, and he also doesn't have legal protection where he can say, I'm going to take the fifth as to not self-incriminate myself. um, when asked uh, by the league in their investigation. So I think that's another part of this too, is, Hey, where's the league investigation into the Houston Texans? You guys have been, uh, you know, uh, digging at my client uh, for the last six months or five months or however long it's been. And the Texans are being sued. So there, there's a lot, this is more has gotten to be more, or it seems to be getting bigger and bigger as the weeks go on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Onions have feelings too,
3: right? Onions have feelings too, because we're peeling back that onion right now. All right. So let's do this. Let's peel it back a little bit more. We'll come back here in a second. Um, We also want to talk about Baker Mayfield, the events and what's going on there too. So, And there was actually some news um, that didn't have to do anything with the quarterbacks this week. So we're going to get to all these things straight ahead on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed.
2: Selling a little or a lot?
3: It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed, or you can join us as well at Game Day CLE. Daryl, we talked a lot about Deshaun Watson. Now let's turn the page to another quarterback who's on the roster, but not really on the team. And that's Baker Mayfield. And he held a camp in Austin, Texas. Um, and he said some stuff. And I, I, it's interesting when you listen to what he said It's almost like the internet thing of what color is that dress? You know, and I'm listening to this and I'm trying to, I don't know if I'm trying to dig more into it or just leave it for what it is. What were your thoughts on what was said? In fact, you know what, before you even get to that, let's play the clip. Soonerscoop.com, Kerry Murdoch is the man that provided the audio. A lot
0: of people that know you, know, you know,
3: kind of what you're about and your personality. And they're curious, could Baker Mayfield ever, play again for the Browns if that if that I think it's
1: uh, been pretty obvious the mutual decision on both sides is, is to move on you know I'm I'm thankful for my four years in Cleveland there's a lot of ups and downs and a ton of learning experiences that uh, you know I'll forever keep with me you know what teammates and friends and, and relationships that I'll have for a lifetime and you know just Flew in last night from East Lansing, Michigan, for Drew Stanton, who's my mentor. He was a quarterback there in Cleveland when I got drafted. And just relationships like that, you're just so thankful for. So, I mean, the support staff in Cleveland, the people of Cleveland, it's a great sports town. So I'm thankful for it. And there's no resentment towards the city of Cleveland by any means.
3: But I think a lot of people think if they didn't have a quarterback for the next year, would, would there be any chance of reconciliation there? No, I think for that to happen, there would have to be some reaching out. But uh, we're, we're ready to move on. I think on both sides. Okay, Daryl, what's
1: your read on that? Well, I think it's uh, you know pretty clear. Baker, obviously, uh, being very uh, diplomatic and uh, I guess uh, trying to toe the line as to not drop the already nuked bridge into the river, if you will. Um, he's he's not playing here again it, it it's not happening um and i i think that that was his way of saying it um and you know him saying that both sides have moved on is his way of saying it they don't want me i don't want them so uh that that's that's my takeaway is everything that i have been trying to express to Brown's fans and to the national media that just want to keep banging this drum that Baker Mayfield is going to play for the Cleveland Browns again. Uh, thank you, Baker, for saying what I've been trying to say for the last couple of weeks here. Uh, Cleveland, it's been real, but peace out. I'm not coming back.
3: And uh, good luck with that, Browns. He did say but the, the part about the what color is the dress is the end of what Baker said. On the last reaching question.
1: out. Yeah. If they, there's yeah. got to be some reaching out. Yeah. I, I don't think Andrew Barry's picking up the phone to reach out or Kevin Stefanski or Alex Van Pelder. I don't think anyone's, I, I don't think anyone's picking up a phone to reach out to, to Baker, to beg him to come back and, and play here. It's, it's going to be Jacoby
3: Brissett. hundred percent. You don't think they'll try to get out and get another quarterback not, at all. I am
1: not. I am not wavering on this. They, uh, they have moved on from Baker Mayfield, a hundred percent moved on. And from my standpoint, there is zero chance he plays for the Browns again. And, And quite frankly, I remember other teams are watching everything that Baker says, right. And does so, you know, I think Baker was very diplomatically definitive in how he expressed it, right. Right. He was very, uh,
3: uh, very, there, there wasn't a whole lot of emotion, right? right.
1: He, he was very, he expressed his appreciation for Cleveland and Browns fans and said, Hey, it did nothing against the city of Cleveland. This is just the business of football. I'm grateful for my time there. I learned a lot, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So again, had he, uh, been a little more colorful in his response, then I think that that would have potentially hurt him as whether it's the Seahawks or the Panthers or maybe there're any other team that's you know there in the background that might trade for him like that would hurt his chances of being acquired so right now he has to toe the line and be diplomatic the press conference that I've got my popcorn ready for will be his introductory press conference
3: with his new team
1: that's when I think we get the real baker mayfield
3: I don't. I. I still think he'll he'll try to shy away from it in the beginning, and eventually down the road we'll get a little bit more. I. I still wonder. I still wonder if, you know, that time after Deshaun Watson said he wasn't coming to Cleveland, between then and when Deshaun signed, you know what what the real emotions were, what the raw emotions were there, because don't you feel like I mean that was the turning point. Sp- Look, the fact that they they wanted to talk to Deshaun Watson, I can see the irritation. But if you really want to look at it like it's a business, then maybe that's just something you got to eat if you're Baker Mayfield, and you know you come back. I, I still think the the more damaging interview with Mayfield was the one on the couch with the dog that was upside down when he was ripping his teammates. That right. that that wasn't a good look.
1: Yeah. Well, and here here's the other part of this too uh, is that. I don't think that I don't want to. I, I just want to make sure I say this right. From Baker's perspective, he doesn't want to come back here either. Okay.
3: I, I don't blame him. Do you? I, no. I don't blame him at all. Okay. No, because from his temp
1: look, this is, this is what you signed up for. And the other thing too is, is had they just brought in Deshaun, and they didn't sign Jacoby Brissett or they didn't and they didn't add Josh Dobbs and they didn't sign an undrafted rookie free agent. You know what I'm saying? Like, had yep. they not done all that on top of bringing in Deshaun, then I would probably say it's reasonable to think that the door is there's, you know, cracked open just a little bit. But the fact that they that Andrew Berry went out and brought in three quarterbacks this offseason, that tells you they're done. They, they have 100 percent moved on from Baker Mayfield. So, uh, again, I I think that Baker's making sure that he doesn't blow himself up by saying something that, you know, could be viewed in a negative light by a potential suitor while also at the same time, making it very clear in a very respectful, polite way that, yeah, I'm done with the Browns. The Browns are done with me. It's okay. Business of football. Thank you, city of Cleveland. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful for everything I learned, but, uh, you know, we both have moved on to your point about never say never. And you bring up Deshaun Watson. Look what changed that conversation from Deshaun calling Andrew Barry and saying, Hey, you guys are out of the running, uh, on Thursday to Friday morning, all of a sudden the Browns, not only are back in the running, but, uh, they get the permission to call the Houston Texans and consummate the trade is because Andrew Barry got back on the phone and was persistent with Watson's agent and said, Hey, um, what if we just fully guarantee two hundred and thirty million dollars? Do you think your client would be interested then? And the agent says, "Please hold." You know, gets Deshaun welcome to on the Cleveland. Line. Yeah, the, you know, gets Deshaun on the line. Hey, uh, Deshaun, the Browns uh, are willing to give you two hundred and thirty million dollars. Yes or no? Done. Okay, let me call the Browns. Andrew, hey, so and so, Deshaun Watson. It will be happy to come to Cleveland and be. The starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Go ahead and call the Houston Texans, and let's get. By the time. way, is that
3: a, is that a hard check, or will you just wire that straight to his checking account? Right,
1: <laughs> right. Uh, will we, you be paying in cash? Yeah, uh, like one, uh, cash. we would like one. We would like
3: this in one dollar bills, unmarked. Well,
1: it was interesting. Joel Curry did a breakdown of Deshaun's contract uh, for CBS and it was a great breakdown. And the one thing that did come out in that article. Uh, not many club protections that Andrew Barry was claiming at the introductory press conference. I don't want to say that Andrew Barry might have told a fib at the introductory press conference about the protections in the contract, but didn't read like there was no protections in the contract to me, that's for sure. Because he it basically said in, in, in the contract, according to what uh, w- w- was published by Joel, is that you know, uh, Deshaun disclosed the allegations made against him. Uh, to the club at which we knew that, but just from a legal perspective, you know, from a legal thing, you know, that's included in the contract that Deshaun disclosed the allegations made against him or, or whatnot, but he gets paid. He's getting paid his 45 million and it's broken up into $15 million installments. He gets one at the end of July. I think he gets one at the end of the season. And then at the end of March next year, uh, $15 million installments to get the the $45 million signing bonus. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, that, that's why Deshaun Watson changed his mind. So to your point about never say never, well, there was motivation there. What's Baker, what, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like what's Baker Mayfield's motivation to play another down for the Cleveland Browns?
3: Just that he needs to kind of prove himself. If if there's no team that wants him right now, he needs to prove himself, but I'm with you. there There are
1: teams that want him. Oh, for sure. It, it, it's a matter of
3: they just it, don't want him at the Browns price.
1: Right. And if yeah. to our again, going back to previous conversations we had on this podcast, Andy, look, if he was a free agent, there'd be there'd be a dozen teams out there competing to lure to for his services, right? Now yep. Baker's gonna go where he can start because being a backup does him no good at this point when he's trying to reset himself and set himself up for his second NFL contract. So that means. Carolina and Seattle are would be at the front of the line because those are two spots where he could walk in the door and start for both of those franchises. Everywhere else, he has to swallow his pride and be a backup quarterback, okay? Uh and wait for an injury or, you know, some something out of his control to happen for him to even get get on the field. So, that's why I say the never say never between Deshaun Watson and him changing his mind on the Browns versus Baker Mayfield changing his mind about coming back to play for the Browns because he'd be needed. I just think that you're comparing apples to oranges there.
3: All right. Just to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit, it is 7.30 in the morning on June uh, June 30th. And the reason I say that is because uh, it, would not, it would not shock me as we kind of play the media game here right, Daryl, that tomorrow at 4 o'clock, the Friday before the 4th of July, that we might have some kind of answer for Deshaun Watson. And I think if we have an answer for Deshaun Watson, we may have a a final verdict on Baker Mayfield and what his future is. Does it not make sense for the league or for the Browns to dump both pieces of information down at the same time before a holiday weekend?
1: It does, but I while i was preparing for july 1 to be the date for this to come down mm-hmm. i don't think it's going to be i think we're going to have to wait a week or two or maybe even 3 to right before training camp because there's a lot to digest in this in 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 the this hearing which is uh, at minimum 3 days also, per terms of the collective bargaining agreement, both parties, post hearing, they get 72 hours to submit up to a five-page brief, like an addendum, if you will. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know how to describe some. So of this basically,
3: story. what you're saying to me though right now is um, the we're only not we,
1: decision on Friday,
3: right? And it, if we were – well, happening. the only decision you possibly could get would be zero. That's it. Correct. So because,
1: again, both sides have the opportunity, they get 72 hours after the conclusion of the hearing to submit whatever, I guess it's a brief a brief, like additional information or a summation of their case or additional evidence to whatever, whatever gets included in those up to five pages. So um, that means that the earliest we'd have a decision because it's three business days. So Monday is, is the holiday because the fourth, correct? Right. I just want to make sure I have my calendar. The days blend together for me. So that means the earliest we'd have a decision will be next Thursday because you need three business Friday. Yeah. You need like three business days to, to be able to do that. So yeah, I think next Thursday or next Friday,
3: next Friday would make more sense. Again, you want to do a Friday news dump. So Correct. you have two days to digest well, I Yeah, reaction. I don't
1: think we're getting anything on July 1. I, I really don't.
3: The only answer we could get on July 1 is zero. Is, that's it.
1: We, uh, I, uh, Sue Robinson is the independent whatever, have found that uh, there was no violation of the league's conduct policy, and therefore I am recommending no discipline for Deshaun Watson. Which, And by the way, be, she could. Right. Good. That's but the, that would be the NFL's worst nightmare.
3: Oh, I, I, I don't know how they would. If there was ever another problem, I don't know how they'd win. The only way the, the the the
1: only out for the NFL, as we talked about earlier, is they can put it all on Sue Robinson. Hey, this is the collective bargaining process, and she made it was in her hands. We made our case. She made the decision, and and that even goes with it with a shorter suspension. That is, uh, you know, let's say again, just sake sake of discussion, the six to ten game range, which. Even if the NFL isn't happy with that, again, they can put that on Sue Robinson. Hey, this is the collectively bargain process and what she determined.
3: Yeah, but i it's a convenient truth, right? Because if the league yes. really wants to drop the hammer on them, they can There's just no. There's no question. Now, the question is, do they want to, um, you know what, all over their newly hired arbiter, right? That's the thing. I mean, do they want to turn around and go, well, you know, we did like her when we hired her, but, you know, we didn't get the answer we want. So, and then if you're Sue, if they don't want to listen to what she has to say, I know they know that's part of the, and I say, I call her Sue, like I know her, uh, the federal judge, Sue Robinson, that a former federal judge that, you know, it, it, if I'm her and they're not going to listen to me, why am I even doing this job? Why do you, am I part of a dog and pony show? Cause that in some ways that's how it comes off. If they don't listen to her, then why do they have her there in the first place? Right. Well, and again, it's the old cover the backside, right? Right. Because
1: if the league doesn't get the result that they want, they can put it on her and say, hey, we we have to go by what she ruled. That is what is collectively bargained. Now, truthfully, I don't believe that, though. If they want to drop the hammer, they can do it. They can do Uh, it. uh, Of course not. But my point is that the league, if the punishment, if in the court of public opinion, the punishment wasn't severe enough, I think that's the right way to say it. Correct. Um, the league can just fall back on. She, she made the decision and we live with the decision that she made. It's that, it's that simple. Right. And then if obviously if she agrees with the league and, and drops the hammer and gives uh, the NFL, what they were, what they're looking for, then obviously they're not going to complain, but then. Deshaun and the NFLPA are going to be very, very unhappy, and uh, you know they will appeal that immediately. I look, I think what if the, if any discipline gets handed down, I anticipate Deshaun Watson will appeal it, unless it's like two games. Like I think if it's two games, you take that and you run with it. That's a yeah. blessing. That is a gift. You see it? You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I, I'm saying six to eight. Get out of there. Yeah, six. I, I mean, I think everybody now feels like six to eight's a win. Well, right, Darryl, considering
1: what the league's looking for, yeah. if he's even allowed to play this year, I I look at it, at least from my perspective, I look at that as a, as a win for Deshaun Watson. Just because we know the NFL doesn't even want him to play this year.
3: I, I don't, I'm with you 100% on that. All right, let's come back. You know, we can't talk about something other than quarterbacks. You know, we're allowed to do we that. Can? It's a shocker, isn't it? It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. You want to give us a couple stars, whatever you do. Want to write some comments on there? You're good to go. In fact, if you have some comments and you have questions for the show, you can always ask us at game Day CLE. When we come back, we'll talk about other things that are going on with the Browns. And, Daryl, I have a fun question for you just about football in Northeast Ohio. That's next. This episode is brought to you
1: by Progressive Insurance. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: It's always Game Day in Cleveland. Make sure you can follow along with us uh, right here and make sure that you uh, subscribe to the podcast. We love having you and at Game Day CLE on Twitter. All right, Daryl, uh, Kareem Hunt had uh, his camp this week at Willoughby South. He sounds like he's healthy, but it also sounds like he would like a new contract.
1: Uh he would. I would like to um hit the lottery.
3: <laughs> oh, you didn't?
1: I did not win the powerball. So oh, you... that is why I'm working.
3: <laughs> oh, that's too bad.
1: Oh, no, no, no. You know what, Andy? I I I love doing the podcast so much and I love working with you so much. That oh, I, would, oh. I would still do it even if I hit the lottery.
3: This is your lifelong dream to be this a part of this. This is my
1: lifelong dream, is to, to do a podcast with Andy Baskin, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Yes, for one, growing I, up, not, for uh, once, I, I am I, not I, lacing my comments with sarcasm.
3: <laughs> I can see the true Hollywood story, the e-true Hollywood story. Daryl Ryder, born in Northeast Ohio, his dream was to host It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. There it is. As a young child, Daryl walked around the school with a microphone interviewing his friends. Hey, what kind of diapers are you wearing? Daryl would say. And then all of a sudden they'd get in a big fight. It'd be great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Northeast Ohio. Are you, one of our... are you wearing diapers or something? What? I, I don't know. Just I could just see you as a young infant walking around the, the preschool room and
1: I, I will say this: trying to interview um, other kids. A lot of my, a lot of my uh, classmates from 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 school growing up, not the least bit surprised that I'm doing what I do for a living. None of them so are
3: when, when you're a professional BSer, you're good to go, right? <laughs> hey, what do you do for a living? Ah, I'm a professional BSer. That's what I say all the time. I, go, let's talk about Kareem. What 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 are we doing yeah. here? Is he is he long term yeah. or what?
1: No, I look considering how. Uh, packed that running back room is the fact that they keep adding to that running back room. I no I, I don't see right now the Browns extending him, but to our never say never conversation earlier, right? Never say never anything is possible, but I, I just, I, I look at that, uh, that depth chart right now and I, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't even know if cream hunts on this team come September. I think that you know. Does he get traded? They're not going to cut him. Don't. The, you know, okay. I, I saw your expression there. If you could have seen Andy's expression when I said, like, "I don't even know if he's going to be on this team," and so Terry's like, well, Andy had the what "the hell are you talking about?" Expression. Oh no, no, no.
3: I had the. I think we have a topic for uh, Baskin and Phelps today. That's.
1: <laughs> but no, I know. I mean, I, I think that um, that they. Potentially, could trade him or one of these other running backs just they're so crowded at that position that I just I don't know if you could justify giving him another uh you know giving him another contract extension you Ernest Johnson uh is on a on that one-year deal right um they drafted uh Jerome Ford this year I want to say in the fourth or fifth round And then Dimitri Felton is like a Swiss army knife. We don't know if he's a running back or if he's a receiver one day he's with the receivers, the next day, the running back, you know what I mean? Like there's just, they have so many options at that, at that position. And I am uh, steadfast in my belief that the all five running backs are not making this football team. They're going to have to make a difficult decision. And these are great problems to have. I think Kareem hunt as a football player, is a legitimate number one running back in the league. The Browns are blessed that they have two legitimate running backs in the NFL. But as we saw last year, when both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt weren't available, you know, Ernest had to start that Thursday night game against the Denver Broncos. He ran for over a hundred yards, averaged over five yards a carry. Like Ernest has had limited opportunities with the Browns, but every time he gets opportunities, he performs. Um, he's averaging over five yards a carry for his career. So I just think that from a, like a team building standpoint, I don't know how Andrew Barry could conceivably give Kareem a contract extension right now. I'm not saying that Kareem isn't worthy of it or he's not good enough to get one or whatnot. I just, I look at that room and how crowded it is. I just don't see it happening right now.
3: I really sure, don't. What about the PR hit though? I mean, do you, I, the, like there are so many people who are like, oh, this Deshaun Watson thing is so Browns and they're the dumbest team ever. And they gave him all that money. He may not ever take a snap. I'm, and there's a part of me that says, if you're the Browns all right, and you know, you've got Nick Chubb who's going to be, I mean, are you really going to cut the hometown guy who's, who, you know, re- led the league in rushing? Well, they're not going to cut right. him.
1: I, well, I'm not saying cut, but, but trade yeah.
3: or get rid of him. I, I, I just, from a PR standpoint. And I, I, I gotta be honest. I don't normally buy into the PR stuff. I don't. Clearly, care. the Browns don't care about PR. Let's right.
1: Be, let's huh. be very, very clear about that. Okay, PR does not matter to the Cleveland Browns. Fair I, enough. I, look, I, look, No, I, I agree I, with you. I'm just, That's the reality. Clearly, I mean, they they brought in Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's a PR nightmare, and they did it without hesitation. So, no, they the PR doesn't matter. Um, Kareem this year in cash. Is getting six point two five million dollars too. Keep that in mind. So his his his, um, his base salary is like one three five, and he's got a roster bonus in there. So, um, yeah, he's. He, I, I think it might even be tough to trade him. Honestly, you know, with with those dummies, yeah. you know what I'm saying. So maybe he is going to be on this team in in September, but. My point, my overall general point is that I don't think right now, with the structure of that running back room, that giving him a contract extension makes football fiscal sense.
3: Gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Let me let's end the show with a fun question. Okay. The USFL is in Canton Sunday night. They will play their championship game. Could Northeast Ohio um, maintain? support, and have a successful USFL team that would play in the spring. And I'm not saying they would play in Cleveland either. I, I would tend well, to think, I'll be honest let's see with what it looks like on Sunday night. If it looks right. good on Sunday night, I would think that Canton could make a real good argument that they deserve a team
1: yeah yeah but the way they're doing it is is they don't play here they play it one don't they play it once? yeah but next year I'm, I mean, full disclosure yeah, i have yeah. paid no attention to the usfl no disrespect. So, i i just i yeah. i thought they, aren't they like playing in alabama or so something? they
3: played all of their games in the hub this year they have talked about right. next year going back to their host cities at least for a couple games they may hub i would say three years from now and they're also talking about expansion Okay. That three years from now, that these teams will eventually be in their own host cities. Well, and here's one for you: Would the Haslam's be interested in a USL
1: fran- USFL franchise because they are looking, as we have talked about, they're looking to add dates to the calendar at First Energy Stadium, right? This, yeah, this, that's a good point. Co- that's would, a good just point. This would do it, right? Yeah. Um.
3: I thought, yeah, no. say, I, I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say in Columbus where the crew plays, but you you can't do that because the crew's playing this time of year. You can't. Right. There's no way you can handle soccer and football at the same time at that stadium, and,
1: unless they swap out the grass for turf. And I don't think that they want to do that. Yeah, I
3: don't. I can't. That stadium's awesome.
1: Yeah, it is. And uh, <clears throat> look for the Browns to have something like that here in Cleveland at the end of the decade.
3: Um, uh, a soccer stadium that is similar no. to that. Uh, no football. <laughs> I said the Browns. Oh, 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 no! I was just—you know what though? You got me thinking about MLS then coming here. Oh no, because no, it has them time. No, I. My point is, is that yeah, I, the the Browns are going to have a, a
1: world class facility at the end of the decade. That's
3: that's. And where's it going to be, Daryl? Tell me where it's going to be.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Tell me. Tell We're me where f- do you want? Where you do know, you want it to be?
3: You know what, Andy? We're going to uh-huh. find out
1: together. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
3: But All right, I'm done. You know, I,
1: I think I think so. Um, th- look, I mean, this is a football crazy area, no question about it. I am interested to see what the crowd's are, uh, like um, at Canton, uh, at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, uh, how that's received. And, yeah, I mean, to your point, if it's a packed house or close to a packed house, I think that that would be a, a pretty strong case to get Northeast Ohio uh, a, a team. And, again, as I said, you know, the, the Haslams are always looking for dates at First Energy Stadium. so. Um, and because they don't play while the Browns are playing, I don't think you could consider that as competition for, for their team. So, you know, maybe they would be interested or, um, you know, at least be willing to be a tenant or a a landlord for the, you know, for, for the team. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I think Sunday will give us a little more of a, Glean into whether Northeast Ohio is interested in the USFL, but it's look, this is a football hotbed. We know it's where football was born, the NFL was born. So, um,
3: it's weird. I never thought I would talk about football's biggest competition being fireworks at local right. municipalities. Well, but
1: here's the thing, and, and again, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but like 20,000 fans go to family night for a training camp practice at First Energy Stadium. That's right. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, so. Yeah, I mean to answer your question. I know I took like a long winding road to get here, but <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that Northeast Ohio w- would probably support a USFL franchise.
3: Fair enough. He's Daryl Ryder. Thank you. We'll do this again next week, man. I don't. I I think the the big the you know we do. Why am I smarter? Um, on the on the radio show that I, I think I'm smarter today because of the notion that unless it's zero, we're not going to know anything about Deshaun Watson until next week. Fair enough.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think we're getting a decision on July one uh, by close of business, uh, just because of that three day window to file that brief. So uh, I think that the earliest we hear something is next week.
3: Daryl Ryder, thank you very much. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. The show is produced by Meredith Kane, the outstanding Meredith Kane. And of course, if you want to be a part of the show, a part of a future show or a mailbag segment at least, uh, hit us up on Twitter at game day CLE. And of course, if you like what you're listening to subscribe to the, it's always game day in Cleveland feed, give us some stars, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear. And we love the fact that you're along on board with us, especially here in the beginning of the show, before we become gigantic, huge, gigantic, outstanding. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.